Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Gron Howard. I'm joined as ever by my best friend in the whole world, Christopher Taylor. Say hello, Chris. Hello! And we are still ill! We're also here to answer your role-playing game questions, whether you'd like us to or not. We've scoured the internet, as ever, um, for a full ten minutes, looking for some questions on Reddit, and thank you have also sent in some queries, some conundra, some... Conundruses? Conundrixes? A school of problems. Imagine being a conundrix. Ooh. I like that. Pay good money for that. Mm. Uh, we, We mentioned in the last episode... Um, we, we we try not to. I, I try not to reference previous episodes as much as possible, um, just to try and keep every every single episode of Hearty Dice Friends as a distinct glittering jewel of brilliance. But Quite in, fresh and new. Yes, glistening in the morning sun. The uh, we I, I I mentioned last uh, last episode that the, that the Germans probably have a word for that sensation when you go in the wrong direction. Uh, when you're playing a game, because you think you're uncovering something important, but in fact you're just going the direction. And we have a German listener uh, who goes by the name of what's the name uh, by um, Blubsternchen Blubsternchen uh, on the Discord is very very helpfully created a word in German, which I am now going to attempt to pronounce. <laughs> I like that creating a word in German is a thing you're allowed to do. Yeah, well, just slap it all together. Like, it you is. can't just make up words in English and just go, yeah, that's that's fine. Well, not really, no. But Germans got this wonderful sort of um, flat pack modular vibe to it's, it. It's, 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 it's vocal Meccano. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually, that was your burlesque name, wasn't it? Yeah. I did not do well. <laughs> it was just me with my dick out, just just building some Meccano on stage. What, around your dick? No. Do you think... I don't know much about burlesque performers, but like, I figure they probably don't show their dicks. I did because yeah, um, and that's again part of the problem. But do you reckon you go over it if you put like if you put a pasty on the end of it, like a pasty or a tassel? Hundred <laughs> percent. If you just if like as long as you just covered the bell end, like in Japanese pornography, you should be yeah, fine. Yeah, you just you censor the naughty bit. You censor yeah, like it's, it's it's just like the um, the urethra they censor, isn't it? <laughs> in a lot so. of it, it's like I, I know what's going on there, dudes. It's not it's like fine. it's like what what on earth is at the end of this mysterious appendage? <laughs> I have no idea what's behind this black bar. Anyway, the word in German is Hauptfandlungsverleinschatzungsgefühl. <clears throat> now, I think you did very well there. Thank you very much. I uh, don't speak any German. Well, thank you anyway. It, it translates roughly as main offence failure assessment feeling. And that's very roughly uh, it, via, uh, via Google. But yes, I'm going to have one more go at it. Hauptfandlungs... Oh, fuck, I fucked it. Hauptfandlungs Verleinschätzungsgefühl. I like the gefühl. Gefühl. It's it's, it's you with an umlaut, so I'm getting real... um, I'm unfurling the (laughs) gefühl. Chris, this is bullshit. Ask me a question. I will ask you a question. DJM asks, what's the most interesting chunk of history in a fantasy world to you? Right at the beginning, once it's well established, pre or post-apocalypse. So all of them. He's he's given <laughs> us the choices as every okay. Yeah, essentially, what's when you're looking at a fantasy world, like where's the most interesting thing uh, time period to set a game? Pre-apocalypse. Pre-apocalypse. Yes, pre-apocalypse. As like as like so pre-apocalypse. I think like we can describe um, every old world. Every old world of darkness game was pre-apocalypse. In, yeah. that, in that they were all hinting that something that something massive was going to happen. Um, the Warhammer forty thousand universe is pre apocalypse. In the yeah, in the bad things that it's between apocalypses right now. Like a lot of apocalypses keep kicking, and like over the last couple of years or so, I don't want to get too um, Warhammer forty k fan cast, but we've entered a new era of the Dark Imperium, and blah, whatever. Um, <laughs> like I'm glad to see that they're changing it. Honestly, I think that's fun that they're updating yeah, it. Mix it up. Um, but there are like the like the the gag has been that the Imperium has been five minutes from midnight for like the entirety of existence, and we're gradually we're gradually ticking towards that midnight. Mm. And that for me is interesting because it means that you get a lot of like you get apocalypse cults, which are always fun, but you get a lot of uh, you get the sensation that things are changing. Um, yeah, post apocalypse is cool. 
And there's still an element of progress to the civilization as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, like people are still trying. Once it's all set up, it's fine. And if, it, if when it's all new, that's just the Silmarillion, isn't it? Yeah. You read the but Silmarillion? I, I, a very, very long time ago. Oh, I didn't imagine realize you had. How would you, how would you describe it? Um, the book I don't remember. Great, carry on. <laughs> Good radio. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think it's it's like I remember Lord of the Rings, despite how mm. long it's been since I've read it. I don't remember a damn word of the Silmarillion. Yeah, fair play. You know, it's got like, it's got like elf gods and stuff knocking about, uh, it? Yeah. and like and but like and like, like a Shelob. What's her name? Shelob. Yeah, but like back when she was a big goddess, yeah. rather than just a little spider. Wee spider. Well, a very big spider. I think but, there is something to be said for for right at the beginning of history. Why is that? Well, I mean, you've got games like um, Drama System. Oh, Hill Folk. Hill Folk. Yeah. Games like Hill Folk. Yeah. Um, and that sort of proto civilization right, stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, can yeah. be really interesting. Well, I think like like one of the one of the things about Hill Folk that's kind of interesting for me is that you're you're kind of on there's an apocalypse vibe to it because um you're there are more advanced civilizations next door yeah and they've 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 100% got the capacity to just roll over you and so that there there has that sort of that tension to it certainly but apocalypse is a very um it's a strange idea to try and deal with because like to think of it as like the the, the destruction of a setting it's more like the destruction of a civilization yeah they had, um, was I think, like Terry Pratchett had uh, had the idea that there are about two apocalypse, two or three apocalypses a year, as an entire culture is destroyed. Yeah, but some of them yeah, were like sure. ten people, and yeah, I, I can really dig that. I think that you run into issues though having a game always be pre-apocalypse. Yeah, for sure. Like, like you most run, you games into, are in that yeah. pre-apocalypse era, and like you have to stop effectively jerking us around. Yeah, you either got to blow it up or not yeah. blow it up. Yeah, just let us finish. Yeah, and like, but, um, uh, what did that? Well, they don't did that with the end times, and it was yeah. not great. I remember there was Smack, a blimp. smacks of marketing. Yeah, I mean they had. I mean, I think they didn't have to end it, but when one of your games is called Werewolf the Apocalypse, <laughs> you should probably at least mention it. Yeah, you should probably get that. Yeah, uh, was it the the, the, the the raging werewolf? Anyway. Werewolf the grrr. Grrr. Um, I've got a question for you. Ask me. What's more exciting? This one comes in from Death McGuns on Reddit. <laughs> Death McGuns. Death McGuns. I've just seen the name. With a Z. Yeah, with a Z. Guns with a Z. Mm, that's how you know they're cool. Yeah. So what is more exciting? Then... No, this is the question. What is more exciting... I don't know. I, I've got no point of reference. I've got no jumping point. Uh, I think hot fudge and ice cream is quite exciting. That's not more exciting, though. Well, it's more exciting than most things. Than many things. Okay, fireworks. Oh, no, fireworks quite boring. Um, yeah, I hate fireworks. Uh, ecstasy. There you go. That's that's more exciting. That yeah. Is, uh, that is whatever it, whatever is going on, but mm. more exciting. Oh, that's true. Yeah, actually, that, that, that's got... Uh, how about um, sledding? Sledding relentlessly exciting. Yeah, that's quite exciting. That's it can't more go exciting. Bad. So, what, and it can go bad. People die, but you. I mean, Idiots. but but when it goes bad, it's still exciting. Yeah, you know, especially for the people watching. Yeah, for sure. Um, skydiving. Yep, I would argue that's not exciting. That's terrifying. Well, excitement is a form of terror. Yes, but or it's terror a is a form. Of sorry, terror is a form of excitement. There we are. Yes, it is an excitation of the yes, nation. an excitation. Mm. <laughs> These thrills are multiplying. <laughs> I. I'm losing control. I, <laughs> I've soiled myself. I've soiled my cat suit. <laughs> I'll never get the, the the receipt back for these spandex pants. Gee whiz, Sandy never soiled herself in public before. She's really changed. <laughs> she, she's one dude now. She's shitting herself. <laughs> I um, I think we like we can take this idea as what's more exciting than. Than the baseline level of excitement, yeah, which is, I guess, most things. Yeah, I mean, uh, the baseline level of excitement surely is asleep. No, that's 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 unexciting. That's low. Like baseline is a normal level of excitement. So I'm going to say a good cup of tea. All right, where well, you're like, yeah, I'm I'm down for yeah. this. Yeah, okay, this is nice. It's like it's not it's not it's positive, but not invigorating. 
couple of stages up from that. You know you've got post coming. Oh, that's exciting. That's good. Um, the sensation you get after a good cup of coffee. Yes. But like the ten minutes after a good cup of coffee. Yeah, in the, in the rosy balm of the caffeine. Yeah. Dry. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is the most exciting day of the year. Christmas Eve is up there. I think Christmas Eve is very much the skydiving of days. Yes. Now, the question itself, I've looked, I've looked into Death McGuns. Uh, like, do you want to know what, what the question was about, or should we just I leave w- it at this? No, I would like to know what the question is about. I it was would about, like to perhaps help. Well, it was about, it, it was a role-playing question. Um, it was a, um, the idea was, um, what's more exciting? People having, basically having players roll to hit and damage. Having players roll to hit but not damage. Having players roll to damage but not hit. Having monsters not roll to hit but just roll damage, etc. Like, what combination of those things is exciting? That really did trundle very slowly downhill, didn't it? Yes. On the subject of things going downhill, I think all of my exciting things I mentioned were either drugs or downwards momentum. Yes. That is a worry. Yeah, and I'm not really into downwards momentum. No. (laughs) I don't really like it very much. Every fibre of my being is built up to not like downwards momentum. I've thought of another exciting thing. Go on then. Having cake at home. Ah, but you're out. You're out, but like, I'm thinking like carrot cake or fruit cake? Something chunky. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Robust. Something which you'll get a rectangle of rather than a, a slice, as it were. Yes, but not Battenberg. No, Battenberg's a, a, a false cake. Trash cake. It's, it's a trash cake for assholes. <laughs> and you're bad if you like it. I like how colourful it is. There's that. But layer of marzipan. I know, you just, ru- you just ruined it. Toss off. I, I, I guess marzipan it was kind of like a cake preserver, I guess. Right, <laughs> like a baby bell. What? Yeah, you meant, are you meant to peel it off like a baby bell, like a baby. Oh, bell? that makes sense because it does taste disgusting. <laughs> Just oh, it's oh, it's like medical waste. <laughs> Jesus, okay. it's like the fat you suck out of a liposuction patient. Yeah, I, oh, that's I don't, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> there's an episode of Ren and Stimpy entirely about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the point in it now that we've got cling film. Yeah. Or like boxes, <laughs> <laughs> boxes that ra- that that new invention. Yeah, like you can keep cake in a box and keep it moist, or like maybe put some more grease in it. You know. Yeah. But no, grease I'm, I'm, that cake up, butter I, your cake. I think some people like marzipan, right? They must. I've got a question for you. Yep. What's the most exciting biscuit to have at home? Now, <clears throat> there, I, there, there now, are a range. Yeah. Now I will allow you. To put cookies in this. You know me to put cookies in this? Actually, no, I'm going to ban cookies because they'd win. Okay. No, that's fair. B- because they're big and they're nicer than biscuits, let's be honest, and they come in big packs of five. They've got which... a lot more sugar in them and often yes. chocolate. And just circum... Like, uh, circum... 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 Circumference. White they're radius. bigger. Bigness. Diameter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There we are. <laughs> Oh, that's really paying off there, huh? So, so, so downstairs at the moment, mm-hmm. I have a half pack mm-hmm. of chocolate-covered hobnobs. Oh, the king's biscuit, right? Mm. But next to that, I have another half pack of just plain rich teas. Mm. And being the misanthrope that I am, I don't know which I'm more excited about. Rich tea is a basic biscuit. It is, and I'm okay with that because I I, I like it for Duncan. I've seen your chocolate. I've seen your chocolate hopnobs. Can I raise you chocolate digestives for a more for for a uh, for a more fluid eating experience? Because I've never had a hobnob and thought, oh no, no, this is, is left in my teeth. <laughs> None of this has been carried through my day. This all works. <laughs> there's, something, there's something fundamentally wrong with the way hobnobs function, seeing as we're humans with teeth. So I'm I, I'm behind you with with the digestives there. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's that's a fairly solid choice. However, there is also the ginger nut. Oh, a ginger nut, which I don't have very often. So They're a strong that, dipping biscuit. That it, yeah, and it has that exotic air of mystery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like one of Matisse's nudes. <laughs> yes, like on the Mona Lisa. Is she smiling? Is, she, mm. is it a wry mm. smile? Mm. No, it's th- a ginger nut. I think we can all agree that you're sort of. I'm going to say church biscuits are trash. 
Yes. And by church business, I mean not trash, but not exciting. I'm talking pink wafers, custard creams, bourbons. Your your your, your sandwich around an icing. Your biscuit selection box. Your Oreos, honestly. Yeah. Fuck like, Oreos. They're okay. Now I will say There's just too much work involved if you eat them correctly. I've I've got now what you what what you named there were all good biscuits. Mm-hmm. And I will say I'm I'm never gonna turn down a chocolate digestive. No, why would However, you? You're not a monster. The most exciting biscuit to have is the Jaffa cake. Yes, because you can have, you can hide them around the house, and then remember that you've got a packet of Jaffa cakes in the house. Uh, and plus, you can eat them by separating out all the layers and just getting mm. a bit of jelly if you want mm. just a bit of jelly. You get that. You get that wonderful tangy disc on your tongue. Yeah, why don't they just sell those, Chris? I guess, I, I guess, I guess it wouldn't be as much fun. <laughs> They'd have to sell them between plastic, like Parma ham. Yeah, or, or like uh, like like Kraft cheese singles, or wrapped mm. in marzipan. Ah, or maybe like in some sort of you just you you cover them in a light layer of um, flavorless uh, lubricating fluid, like like <laughs> vegetable oil, and put them in a sort of Pez dispenser. <laughs> so you've got some slippery orange discs you're going to find on your throat. They uh, no, sorry. You just get them in a sphere and peel them off while watching Netflix, <laughs> like a rubber band ball. Take a rubber band ball and put them on your tongue. Oh, uh-huh. And like, now, do you chew or do you wait to dissolve? Um, I I chew, but I oh, I, I, I do like a good dissolve. I chew. Well, it's, it's not it's not like they're those, they're those breath freshening strips. They take quite a while. <laughs> I, I I enjoy I enjoy there there is there is a I'm gonna put this a hedonism. To demolishing the central disc of a Jaffa cake, yeah, because like because because you take a long time, like it's like you, you, you sort of you 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 pick off the um the weak underside, the sponge underside, yeah, and then you very delicately, like peeling an egg, but peeling an egg with your teeth and tongue, take <laughs> off <laughs> what what <laughs> kind of the peel off the top layer of chocolate, and then you've got this sometimes perfect layer of Jaffa, which I presume yeah. means orange. And then you, and then you just destroy that in one go. Do you feel let down if you nick the, the orange? If if you damage it in any way, I'll, because I'll, I always feel like I've like I've hurt myself. Honestly, I'll sustain up to fifteen percent loss. Wow, that's that a good disc. margin. Yeah, I'll, I'll sustain up to that. I'll take that. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm I'm super proud of you for that. Yeah, and then like after that, I'll be like, oh, I fucked it. I'll just eat it, whatever. But yeah. uh, it's a bit like uh, when you eat a tonics um, tea cake and yep. smooth out the lovely wrapper afterwards. Or you inhale the marshmallow out of the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's not take physically your, possible. Take your little finger, <laughs> borrow a little hold just above, <laughs> just above the biscuit, place to your lips, and just really huff that. Just really like breathe in deep and pull it in. Make a little, make a little hole with your finger. Then what you need to do is upend about a quarter cup of milk into it. <laughs> no, no. It's and then great. shake it. <laughs> It's wonderful to watch because it's like a deep sea diver's helmet imploding, <laughs> and you're left with marshmallow and a chocolatey mess. Oh man, C- can we just do a biscuit podcast instead? <laughs> I think we just did. I really—that's right, Train. Thank you for agreeing with me. I really—I like talking about biscuits and sort of just like like children's foods. <laughs> Would you like another question? No, I want to keep talking about fucking biscuits. <laughs> We can't talk about fucking biscuits. It's too risque. Okay, that's true. Uh, yeah, well, ask me a question, I suppose. All right. Uh, how do I avoid it being awkward when the player characters meet for the first time? Should I just give up and start every game in media res? This is asked by Alessa. It is, Discord. Yes. Sorry, I forgot to credit. That's okay. I never roleplay out player characters meeting for the first time. I never it's have people awkward. do that. Awkward. It's very awkward, and because like you know how the scene ends, yeah. In that we start a campaign together, and so I think, and like I, it's different from having like like introducing a new player. That's fine. Although I think you should always connect them to a like their character to existing character. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, and especially if you can make an existing character so massively jealous of them, they haven't mentioned them up till now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all. That's always a fun dynamic to paint. But I think, um, I mean, not nece- not, nece- not necessarily starting in medias res, but certainly having having a relationships already established. Yeah, you've got to link them in straight away. Oh, otherwise it's just that awkward bit of hello. Mm. My name's Kevin. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, I'm a third level druid. 
Um, <laughs> I've not you, been round this way before. I like the way you got, you, you're getting increasingly druid. <laughs> By druid, I mean a bit Welsh. <laughs> Just or, a little Welsh, hello. but not, but not too Welsh as to seem mean. No, that's true. Just a little bit. I played a Welsh character in a game that um, that, that we yeah, were in together. Yeah, I did okay with it. I think. I think so. I think I think you handled it politically very well. I had a bash at it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't doing. I was doing. I was doing a bit of a Valley's accent, but that was. Yeah, I think I was okay with that one. I wouldn't. I'm not going to bring out my accent here. No, not the world no, to see. There were no Welsh people in the game, and I think actually um, we will we'll, we'll come to a similar question uh, later on in the episode. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Um, how how do you bond? Uh, if actually, you, you know what? Let's answer this question. Let's say characters are meeting for the first time. How do we make that exciting? So one way is rather than media res, as it were, put them under pressure immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that comes from uh, an outside force like if they're police officers they're superior mm-hmm. um, or anything like that you want to you want to make them make in character choices quickly and use that yes. to introduce the characters give them some agency yeah just like straight away like what are you doing right now mm. what are you doing rather than introduce yourself like what is your character doing while nothing's happening is another way yeah that, yeah that, that's, that's always good Let's, so like what are you doing on a normal day yeah. What like what are you doing with yourself, and then we'll interact, and so we kind of got a lead in there. I think the the other way that I'd possibly do it is to have um, you know like a Guy Ritchie introduction, um, where there's like ocean color scene playing or something along those lines, and then a character does something. The um, either either Guy Ritchie or, or Tarantino, like yeah, there's there's the music name, and their name slides on. Yeah, yeah. The, the the action freezes, and then the name slides on, and then from the other side of the screen, like a four word phrase describing them, such as. Well, it d- depends who the character is, doesn't it? Uh, okay. s- such as um, the high soft whirlwind. Oh, I like that. Thank you very much. That sort of thing. The tarnished um, dervish. <laughs> <laughs> having having that, I think, like giving players an opportunity to to, to describe themselves and, and sort of like you kind of put the dice down and just 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 let this let them describe like how how they envisage their character. It lets them get set up, and then you have all four of them blunder into the same room. Yeah. Um, I think also like one of the things which I found it quite useful to have. I'm always ag- I'm kind of against having NPCs that follow the party around because it feels weak. It feels weak. Like it's so there's there's different ways in which you can do it, and like it is weak if you just have a player character who happens to be a GM. Yeah, happens GMPCs. to be run by a GMPC, which as we all know are awful, awful yeah. things for bad people. Don't have a GMPC. Don't do it. Just 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 have an NPC. Um, but and like I've I'm I'm guilty of this myself in that I had a character follow around the party. I kept trying to have the character killed, but the, <laughs> the the players kept saving him and they kept asking after him and one of them went out with him for like dated him for a while, and it just sort of happened. And he and like eventually I, I ended up starting him as a PC and then when another player would take over I'd play him. When another player took over as GMing, um, I'd play him. Right, but. I think that there's something beneficial to be to have uh, basically having a Watson. Yeah, a teleporting Watson. A teleporting Watson, or just, or just like having someone say, "Oh, what, what the devil's going on, Holmes?" Um, just to sort of act as a lightning rod for confusion, or a barometer, or like this is normal. What are you doing? And having yeah. like and and like having a way in which to engineer conversations between people. So because like a a good character is weird, is a weirdo. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want a really boring. No, Jobsworth yeah. just going about the business, especially something in like, especially in, in something as short burn and characterful and camp as your standard role playing game. You want like a big, bombastic, almost like luchador wrestling style character. However, I'm going to ask you a question then that we hinted at earlier. Oh, the spoiled, mm, the well, spoiled well, question. A snuck puck, <laughs> a sneak peek, <laughs> a snuck puck, a snuck puck. <laughs> Is that the past tense? Uh, yes. Um, a, a, a snook puck. Uh It comes in from Mr. McKeith or Mr. Mar Chief on Reddit, who says, "Help me with a silly Scottish special." So I'm going to show that one again. Help me with a silly Scottish special, lads and lassies. So 
You want a Scottish adventure? Yes, so this person wants to have a Scots game where it's kind of it's kind of a silly one shot where one of their players is one of their players can't make it to the game. It's it's Dungeon Crawl Classics is the campaign and they want is the game and they want to um, have a themed adventure where they have they have a curse where everyone speaks in, in, in bad Scottish accents, a haggis fight, and some sort of teleportation to a mythical realm of Comedy Scots. So now, what they want is 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 verbal racism in an awful war. Yes, the awful war I can get behind. I, <laughs> now, I will say I, I I don't know how like how the how the how the pod, how the listeners podcast no go, go. I am half Scots. I am. I was I was born in Scotland. My mother's Scottish. Um, I can't really do the accent super well um, because I've been living in England for most of my life, or I definitely outside of Scotland. But I'm a little bit upset at this because <laughs> it's like I don't. It's not that I get offended when people do Scots accents, but super quick, Chris, can you pull one out for me, mate? Oh, hello. I get. I can't do them. Yeah, precisely. No one can. No. Um, and like the thing is, you have to be really good at accents to sound passable to someone who's from there. Yeah. Which is why I've tried to stop doing them. You know, or I've yeah. tried to make them from nowhere in particular, like Brumbo. Yeah, yeah, you make them from all over. Or Bringus from the last episode. Yeah, Bringus. He, he, he kind of sounds. He, he sounds like oh, that's just Mexican, isn't it? Shit. Wow. Well, I was like, sort of, yeah, falling into your own pit trap. Oh, falling into my own racist trap. Anyway, this seems a bit racist, and I'm not super happy with it. But I will say, I like the idea of fighting haggises. <laughs> the awful wars does sound good. I like like you get a big so. Traditionally, haggises, um, for those of you who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but anyway, uh, it is a sheep's stomach, um, which is filled with oats, herbs, spices, and crucially, the other bits of the sheep that aren't legally meat. We're talking awful, yeah, you're talking lungs, liver, kidneys, possibly the sweetmeats as well. I don't know whether you put balls in a haggis. Um, but all the stuff gets minced up, jammed in there, and then the thing is boiled, or boiled, as you'd say in England, and served generally with whiskey. And it is surprisingly delicious. It's fucking wonderful. <laughs> it's really good. nice. And like, as, as part, and also you can get it as part of a traditional Scots breakfast as well. Yeah. Um, so like, and like, it pairs really well with an egg. Yeah, so like egg, bacon, egg, haggis, isn't... bit of beans on the side. Yeah, it's, it's 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 lovely. It's a really nice thing. It sounds disgusting, and it kind of is, but it's really nice. It's a bit like uh, black pudding. Yeah, which is um, also delicious. Blood porridge, which because it's Scots, you then fry it. <laughs> <laughs> Living um, up to that stereotype, at least. Yeah. Um, and so traditionally, the haggis is a, is described to foreigners as a, as, as a as a small creature. Um, which scampers about the highlands, uh, and you go on hunts, and then you like you remove the outer skin and the legs, and then boil it and serve it. And <laughs> I'd love to see one of these squidgy creatures. They, I imagine, they'd look a little bit like um, blunt porcupines. Yeah, just but, boneless yeah. horrors, or like, or like, oh, that's, that is true. Yeah, they would, they would have neighbours, would they? <laughs> Pro- probably be insectoid, actually, more like a lobster, wouldn't they? Yeah, Come like to crack them over yeah. like a crawfish. So if they've got, they, they've just got a delicious innard, and you shake it up to mix up all the constituent elements. Yeah, we're either looking at lobsters or something like sea cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just going around rock pools, just like, oh, there's one. Just, just glumping slowly around rock pools, like oh. a, actually more like an urchin, I guess, like a sea urchin. Yeah, just and you got the spike holding parts of it out I'm to imag- collect food. I'm imagining like thistly spikes on the outside. <laughs> but in the, but in this, I want I want the haggis to be at least the size of a big dog. Yeah, no, they're not small; they're a foot across. Um, oh, bigger, 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 bigger. Um, oh like I'm thinking like um, like St Bernard's size or St Bird's size. Um, and they don't like the entire front half of it unhinges as a mouth. Oh, but but it's still full of haggis in there. That's a four foot tripe sack. Basically, yeah. Um, which actually, it was, it was your mum's burlesque name, wasn't it? Yeah, she did very yeah. well under that. Name. Yeah. Um, the like the the jaw unhinges. Oh, uh, sorry, 
that's how I got into the business. Yeah, really good. I mean, it's, it's such a shame that your Meccano dick didn't really... <laughs> yeah, the, I think it was the Meccano that put people off. Well, like, unfortunately, Meccano is quite see-through, so it didn't really... Like, the whole striptease element, you just had your cock out, and then you sort of built Meccano in front of it. But then it didn't... One, it didn't really obscure it saucily from the audience. And two, no, it did not obscure it at all. The fact that it's moving was dangerous. Mm. And honestly, career-ending. More than once I caught myself with a spanner. Was that... Now, was that part of the act? Was that kind of a treat? Not or was that something initially. Was, yeah. And then you kind of... A, a bit like a, a, bit like a, uh, like a carnival geek, you became inured to the pain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, my penis was a part of the construction. You just like you, you just started doing freak shows and like and, and like and like perhaps the different end of burlesque nights is you would build a full Meccano crane using using only your dick <laughs> as a torque wrench. <laughs> it's distressingly prehensile. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it got a thumb. <laughs> oh, Jesus fuck! <laughs> Where? Where's the thumb on the shaft? Uh, like, where, where's, where's, that's why I said you would believe it had a oh, thumb. Oh, sorry, I thought you wouldn't believe it's got a thumb. No, I was wondering you would believe where, it had a thumb. where it goes on... Like, if you had a thumb on your dick, where you'd... Like, is like it... at the top? Yeah, I guess so. Like, the base at the top? Like, 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 just, just underneath the bell. <laughs> probably, like, a, I'd probably go for a slightly smaller than normal thumb as I got, well. I've got the image of, like, a, of a thumb that looks kind of like the brake on a push bike. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, like long and slender. <laughs> Starting at the base and going all the way up. I think I'd like a normal human thumb on the base, facing upwards, but just like between the balls and the shaft. Yeah. Because like, uh, uh, it, it would allow me to gesture. <laughs> so that's where the dick thumb goes in this RPG podcast. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. That's this, this. This is vile. This is this is despicable. This has gone too far. This is this has gone a little bit too far. Bring me back in with a question. I just asked you when it's your turn. Okay, I'll ask you a question. Okay, I'll keep it more serious. Yeah. Okay. Bell asks, "Can a horse walking on two legs be considered a humanoid?" Mm, yes. Yeah, hitting hitting the real <laughs> academic concerns here. I believe Plato answered this when he said, "No." <laughs> I believe it was Aristotle who said, "The fuck." Right. Okay. So, humanoids. Humanoids. Right. Humanoids um, is a subclass of creature in D and D. Is it like a a, a type of creature in Dungeons and Dragons? It's it's a tag. It generally describes shape. Right. That's true. Yeah, it does. Orcs are humanoid. Humans are humanoid. Gnomes are humanoid. Um, Mind flares are humanoid. Things that things which have the two arms, two legs. Or, like, two arms... Or, like, t- t- a normal-ish number of arms and legs. Like 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 your Githyanki and your Githsarai. Trains. Sorry, the train was yelling. Yeah, your Thrykeens. Your, are there any three-armed creatures? I'm sure there's, like, 23 armed creatures. Yeah, there's hundreds of them. Um, Hecatonkeries. So, Hecatonkeries. Yeah. They're the ones with, like, billions of arms. The issue I have with horses... Mm-hmm. And this I mean, is, I've got a lot of issues with horses, but carry yeah, on. but this this is this is overriding the humanoid question for the moment. Mm-hmm. Is that they walk on their front fingers? Yeah, they're all fingers, aren't they? Like the bones of a of a horse's front legs, mm-hmm. they're walking on their fingertips, mm. and that freaks me out now. Every time I look at a horse, I think I can deal with it because they're basically legs. Like they're I know, I know they're of all fingertips, but they are legs. I know, but like when you when you when you're trying to get that in a in a brain, skittering. Yeah, they're skittering. Skittering on like four foot long fingers. They're massive things that can kick through cement blocks. Skittering along on their fingertips, braying. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Every single horse is a barely contained spiral of madness that needs to be stopped at all costs. Madness and muscle. Yes, hence the spiral. Like they are, they are poised and ready to kill at any second. It's just terrifying. They're, they're night- ram raids on liquor stores. They're nightmare creatures. Like just imagine any room, a nice room, put a fucking horse in it, and you've ruined that room. Yep, that room is now. At, you could probably cohabit with an alligator. Could you? 
Well, you know, but put it this I would way. I'll be on edge, certainly. I'll be on edge, but it's like I reckon. I reckon my. Um, I'm not worried about my ornaments and my DVD collection with an elevator. I am worried about my organs. Yeah, well, you know, there's like also they generally like they have to sort of drag you underwater. So unless you're in a room with a pool, you're probably fine. No, oh, well, it's fair. You can just sort of hang Thank out. Thank goodness I can't afford an indoor pool. I will say alligators can run at 30 kilometres an hour. Too fast. Well, 30 miles an hour? Fucking fast, anyway. Like moped speed. Yeah, too fast. Faster um, than I can amble. Yeah. But a horse is going to kick everything apart that it can see. And then be gone before the police arrive. Also, what? That's the other thing, Chris. Cops don't ride crocodiles. You know what they do, right? Horses. <laughs> so horses are in league with the man. Yeah, the man. You know, the big one, the man. Capital T, capital M. Now, can a horse be considered a humoid if it walks on its back legs? If it did it almost exclusively, mm-hmm. yes. If it, mm, I guess if it wore trousers. <laughs> is, that, is that how you work out if something's humanoid? Can oh, it put yeah. on a pair of pants? Yeah, I, I, actually, I think that's probably a good guide. Can it wear at least broadly human clothes? Can it put on a pair of normal dungarees? Actually, dungarees, actually, actually any any horse can put on dungarees. Yeah, you're, but, you're judging personhood by dungarees. All right, jeans. Okay, there we go. Right. Yeah. Can it squeeze into a pair of jeans? Yeah. If, uh, it, if yes, then humanoid. Solely on its back legs. If like, <laughs> you're not like on his arms at that point, it's just you know damaged. If you if you well, it's the thing, if you have to ask the question because like a dog would technically wear jeans on all four of its legs. <laughs> Like a sort of this open philosoph- suit. A philosophical debate that we don't need right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think that um, I, I think that's I think that that could be a fun, fantastical twist to put on the world. Like it's basically D and D. However, all the horses walk on their hind legs. <laughs> Bojack Horseman. Like no, because no, Bojack Horseman has a has a basically human body. Yeah. I mean, just a horse on its back legs. It's not intelligent. They just did that so so fuckers would stop riding them. Over nine feet tall. Over nine feet tall. Spirals of madness. <laughs> Look into a horse's eyes, and I guarantee you, you will not come back from the experience. They're black like a doll's eyes. It's like staring directly into Nietzsche's soul. <laughs> it, they're, they're, they're not right creatures, is what no. I'm saying. No, they need to be stopped. And Crucially, I'm, they're bigger than us and scarier than us, and I don't like it. I'm really glad that they seem to be getting more and more phased out of D&D. <laughs> yeah, the, the horses do seem to pop up less now. Well, they're not hugely exciting. They're just no. like they're kind of like having a car. Yes, but a, a car you can truly love. Yeah, a car that can murder you. Yep. I think rather well, than like, just kill you by accident. Paladins can summon mounts. They can still do that, can they? Yeah, they can still Pokemon one. Yeah. They do the thing where like 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 they jump off a building and then. <laughs> Summon a, 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 a horse between their legs. So their gonads are mashed into the back of a horse. Oh, God, no! <laughs> I've ruined everything. Why could I summon one with a cushion on it? <laughs> nope, just a horse for you, sir. <laughs> Pella, why would you package. do this to me? Didn't worship hard enough, did you, boy? No, sir. <laughs> Apparently that's apparently Pelor works in an old gold mining town. Look at Jimmy over there. He works it very hard. He summons a lazy boy recliner. <laughs> See that riding an elephant. <laughs> that was still hurt, man. Yes, but it's tire, so it's less of a fall. That's very true, actually. Yeah. I would like. What would you summon as your mount? Bear. No, you can't just have bear for every question. Also, like... <laughs> bear for every question. I love bear. <clears throat> I think you'd fall off. I don't think bears like being ridden, man. Really big capybara? Can I have a really big capybara? Yeah, celestial capybara. Yeah, I'll have that. I mean, honestly, I think all capybaras are celestial capybaras. <laughs> in that they are divine. They're perfect little angels. Oh, so precious. I would have a... Muscat ox. A musk ox. Yes. Think of a cross... Describe, describe to me a musk ox uh, with regards to a regular ox. Take a rhino. Okay. Cover it in delightful thick fur. Fluffy. Put a hump on its back. Ooh. Swap out the head for a buffalo head. Good. Give it horns again. <laughs> the musk ox. <laughs> it's got a very flat front, and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's built like a shed. Yeah. 
I get, I, I get, I like a yak. I like a yak. I like a Highland coo. That sort of thing. <laughs> a proper Scottish cow. Yeah, like like those like a cow with boy band hair. Yeah, and handlebar horns. You can really hold nice. on to. That's what I'd have. Now I think there's probably a reason why we don't ride cows. They're slow and they don't care. Yeah, I assume I assume they suck at being ridden. I think I think the way we worked it out is we kicked a horse because we were frightened of it and it ran really quickly. Mm. And we kicked a cow and nothing happened. Uh, actually, I'd, I'd like to change my mount. Okay. Merry-go-round. <laughs> I want to go nowhere, but I want to go there jolly. Yeah, well, I'd go, I'd go in a circle. And like most encounters... That's going to give me pretty good range of movement, a merry-go-round. <laughs> no, I like the idea that it is your, like, cross-countryside mount, but there's a lot of people <laughs> pushing the merry-go-round. <laughs> you just turn it on its side and hold on. <laughs> no, 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 just, you, you're going around. <laughs> and there's, like, 30 strong lads just heaving this thing across the countryside. <laughs> Come on, lads, Paladin's got to get to Arithniel. <laughs> get down logs and push it. Put backs in. I, I think summon merry-go-round be a fucking great spell. Yeah, you could crush people with it, like summoning so, boats in Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah, you, you and I were chatting. Um, you, were, you, you and I were chatting off air yesterday about how much we like terrain summoning spells or spells that fuck with terrain. Yeah, but like circus summoning spells, fairground spells. Summon jollity. How big a wheel do you want, lads? <laughs> I've got, I've got big wheel. Jolly wheel and fucking massive wheel. <laughs> Too big to comprehend wheel. <laughs> the sort of wheel that Yogg-Sothoth could have a go on. <laughs> Iridescent congeries of globes. <laughs> Do you reckon Yogg-Sothoth would put his globes in different um, baskets? No, I, re- I, reckon, I reckon he'd be kind and pack them all into one so other people could have a go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I reckon he'd be kind. <laughs> Well, sounds like I'd, a stand-up bloke. I didn't want to take up, didn't want to take up more room than I had to. I am, I, su- I am, I suppose, infinite, but I can maybe I get down. I only paid for one ticket. <laughs> Push me down, please. What? What? One of those people from the Japanese subways. Helter Skelter next. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'd have a great time on the Helter Skelter, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd have a bloody great time. Oh, everybody has a good time in Helter Skelter. No, they get on a rug and go down that slide. It's like it's, it's like it's like a it's like a a, um, a water flume, but with more injury, but with more friction. You're guaranteed light injury when you get on a helter skelter. Yeah, the 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 easiest you're getting off with is a friction burn. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten out of one clean. No, you're always getting you're always taking at least a hit point whenever you side on to that. Yeah, it's just it's the toll. Yeah. You pay the toll. That's fine. You pay the toll. Everyone knows. Like the reason they're called Helter Skelter, it 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 translates from the German um, Hexenjammer, which is actually a uh, a warding ritual built on top of uh, circuses to keep the evil in. And you need to, you need you need the supplication and uh, sacrifice of many souls down the Helter Skelter. Yeah, pain, and also, well, like, do you know how every Helter Skelter will have like six entrances in the top, but only five exits at the bottom? Yeah, that's that's what happens to the sixth guy. Oh, he goes go down that tube. He goes into a big hole, <laughs> just, just a really big hole. But that's why circuses have to move around so much when they just can't have pit. the deaths. Yeah, it's just a big hole. Oh, that that scary. bit isn't magic. No, that's just a murder. <laughs> Ask me a question. That's awful. That person's being buried alive. Chris, Chris, this episode has been bullshit. Seems to me. I feel like we've been recording for two days and we haven't and answered we have. a single question. <laughs> we've answered loads. All right, ask me, ask me one, or is it, or is it my turn? Fans, I don't care. Fans okay. asks, how do you pull off a good finale to a campaign? Hmm. hmm. I'd like to point out, I am rubbish at campaign finales. I mean, we also suck at the middle bits and the starts, so you know, there's that. Ooh, self-deprecating burn. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, I really struggle with campaigns. I struggle with I struggle with narratives that last for longer than a session. I'm I'm shit hot at one at one session games. You know, I'll blow my own trumpet on that one. Yeah, but um, I don't quite get the I can't quite maintain an improv, improvised story for that long. A good finale for a campaign. So I think um, in you should you should use platform from stuff before. So yeah. you should reintroduce stuff that you've already had. I think that's crucial for every scene, but but, but especially in the in the in the finale. Go. 
<laughs> you offer some advice. Okay, I think that my best advice isn't actually bizarrely for the the f- moment of finale. Well, then it's not answering the fucking question, is it? Bear with. Okay. Thank you. Did you bear? It's that I didn't. Okay. Well, I'm not bearing with you. I'm bearing at you. I'll do that then. All right. It's that you kind of need an epilogue. Yes, epilogue. You need something nice. after the finale. Otherwise, what did the finale mean? Mm. Yes, that's very true. Like what? What? Did, what changed because of the finale? How is life different? Do we go back to being farmers and whatever? Do we then decide to go on to greater things? Do we become kings, etc.? You know, at the end of eighties films, where it has the freeze frame and then has a. Like maybe one or two lines of text on screen explaining what happened to the character after the film stopped. The only correct way to end a film, yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. In the, that. in the, like, the other... So we, we had this in my Idol on Sky campaign, actually. Um, they, that was nice. They finished that. Uh, they went in and, uh, as with most Spire campaigns, you just strangle someone or shoot them That's to death. Just, just some dark shit. It's just, it's just basically a normal person who, who you disagree with. <laughs> you shoot them to death. <laughs> My political views differ to yours. Have a murder. That's, that's very much the theme of Spire. Um, and I'm proud that we managed to do that. But yeah. that happened. And then um, everyone just sort of walked out separately from the room after this horrendous mind-blasting ending. And then we did... And then, and then like, I said... Like, that happened. And I said, I'd like to win the campaign. And then every, and then, and then, and then one of the players, oh, actually, I, w- I want to try and tag some out. And I was like, oh, yeah, what a great idea. Actually, yes, brilliant idea. Let's add something for every player. And so we gave each of them an epilogue, and, like, one of them went on to... Uh, one of them ascended in the ranks of the... Um, uh, of the secret organisation they joined. Uh, one of them uh, gave birth to a wonderful clutch of eggs. Oh. One of them managed to kill himself, and that was considered a victory. <laughs> like Spire. I said, some dark <laughs> it was really lovely to have the capacity to, to, to again, a bit like we were saying, how you do the introduction, where you have like the you know like the, the name sliding onto screen, just yeah. to have like rules free. What happens to you after? Yeah, just tell me, t- tell me what what was important about yeah. that finale. Yeah. And 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 how 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 does the world change afterwards once we get the rules out of the way? Because like we don't need to worry about whether or not it succeeds or f- or fails, as it were. Yeah, yeah, because you're just like yeah, just tell me. Mm. I, it does. It literally doesn't matter. It literally doesn't it's matter. Just as a you, as a full you, stop. Do you want a unicorn? You can have a unicorn. That's fine. Yeah, you get a fucking unicorn. You finally yeah. get it. Yes, you, you summon a unicorn. Rich. Underneath your legs. I think as well. I like it when someone dies. Like that's gen- always fun. Generally, a player character should die, if possible, um, or retire, or like. I think one of the problems with the narratives which we build is that they have, they, they, they go on forever, and characters just keep going and going and going. And so it's quite nice to have this arc of a character who tries really hard and then gives their like gives everything they have for the for the mission for the for, the, for their beliefs as it was yeah. as it were. And then you get to tell that story, and they get to sort of they end the campaign hard. They have a good death. Yeah, uh, and I'm, it doesn't feel like dying in the second session. No, I really like a good death. I think I think we need to have more good deaths in games. We need to have more mechanics for that. Yeah, there's a um, a Pacific Rim style game. I forget the bloody name of it. I was, uh, it's not out yet. It was I played a playtest in New York a while ago. Um, and it's uh, you play um, a pair of pilots driving a big mecha, right? Um, and it's GMless, and it's uh, you have big kaiju coming in, and the idea is if the kaiju reach the city, the game is the game is lost, and there mm-hmm. are and there are three stages, and so you just sort of duff them up. But everyone has like a death move. That's nice. So so when you die, you get to do something really powerful, uh, and like we had uh, we had one player go out in the first combat. Because because uh, it was it was the co-pilot of my mecha, um, and we like we both took over and GM'd. But he but he he was like, I've actually I actually think it'd be really cool like if if I gave my life. However, I'm also piloting your mech, which might make this <laughs> difficult. And so basically, uh, we charged forward and detonated our our, our mecha, right? Uh, winning the combat but killing us. And then we took over and sort of did pseudo GMing throughout throughout the story. But I really love the idea of. Having a good death, having something which just caps off your character, yeah, a bit like in fourth ed, I want to say once you hit thirtieth level, you had to retire your character after after doing something super cool 
<laughs> it was. It it's was a nice like, way to end. It was like uh, your character becomes a spell, your character becomes a shadow, your character becomes a god, and you go out of the realm of the playable character. And I like that. Like 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 having having the having the control taken away from you, and you become part of the world. I really like yeah, that. It, it's it's a solid way of ending a campaign. I've got a question for you. Oh, go on. Then. What's a solid way of ending a podcast? We should do that. This. Yes. No, that wasn't that wasn't sort of right. that wasn't good. That was that 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 was our trademark awkward silence that we've been using in Worlds Apart. I do like the awkward silence ending. <laughs> just sort of, just sort of stutter out. Yeah, then, maybe what we could do is we could amble around the point for a bit. Mm, and then and then and then I do the outro, and, and then, then you do the outro, and then we do and kind of a, both we, say goodbye. We do and we do the music plays. We do kind of an improvised message of love at the end, and then. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. If you have enjoyed this episode, or indeed any other episode we've recorded, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends and give us some money. You can join our Discord. Uh, there's lots of lovely chat on there uh, at the moment. Uh, we've been we've had a lot of pictures of things which aren't capybaras in the discussions of uh, of, of the capybara thread, um, but with that, but most of them are cute, which is nice. Yeah. So if, if 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 you like if you like having pictures of cute animals sent directly to your phone about I'm going to say once every half an hour, and and also <laughs> alarmingly specific subset of cute animals. Yeah, just cappies. Anyway, we're really into that. <laughs> Not on the podcast, mainly just off the podcast <laughs> on the Discord, like a subculture. Weird. Anyway, uh, y- you can come along and join up. We've got a lovely community there, and we do things like um Chris. Like, so we we do hangouts occasionally. Um, Chris um runs a session. Uh, Chris runs a game of Spire with the Hearty Dice friends on there and generally like if you're interested in, in forming a group that, that basically quite aside from us it's a really nice group of people who hang out on the internet and do nice things with each other so yeah, exactly. I can recommend you come along honestly um, you can also follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast if you want to sling us a question on there or you can send us an email at heartydicefriends at gmail.com that is it That's all nice. aside from the trademark message of love we do love. We, we do love, love so strongly. I'm going to sing to them. Oh, do it. Serenade. Oh, my love, my darling, I've hungered for your touch. Yeah, that's quite enough. Yeah, that's, that's quite enough. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm, maybe I'll We're going ones, now. But, yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, take that song that I just sang. And hold it in your heart. And then enjoy it in the private yeah, just, times. Yeah, just for you. It's, yeah, just, actually, that was, that was, listen, listener, that was just for you. That wasn't even for Chris. No, I'm like go- my ears. I'm going to make him not, shut up. I'm going to make him not listen to it ever again. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <He> wept. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, I have been Grant Howard. This has been Chris Taylor, and we love you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.